Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to the Not So Daily Show. The show that comes to you daily, except when it doesn't. I'm your host, Temba Kevin. Uh, to my right, we've got my friend and political analyst, Temba Maluleke. Hey, brother. And to my left, we've got my other good friend and business partner, Titeno Blaze. Now, guys, I'm not even going to beat around the bush. I would have loved to start the show with some jokes today, but given what just transpired with the ENCA saga, we're going to go straight into the Lindsay Dentlinger um, video. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check this out. Let's get more reaction to the story now. Lindsay Dentlinger is in Parliament. It's up to him now to take the, uh, take the offer up. Thank you very much, John. Quickly, um, Kaleko Shengma, please keep your mask on, though, um, Kaleko. Uh, the, uh, from the eyes, thank you very much, Mr. Peter Grunewald from the Freedom Front Plus. Uh, if I can ask um, Mr. Kwankwa there from the UDM, please can you keep your mask on, sir? Um, oh. uh, sorry to step on up. Today, our reporter, Lindsay Dentlinger, is now outside court in Cape Town to tell us more. Good morning, Lindsay. Sorry, Mr. Bonga, can I just ask you to put your mask on before you uh, continue? We are trying to respect COVID-19 protocols and set a good example. Over your nose too, please, sir. Thank you. Sorry, as you were saying. I think there were two major disappointments, Lindsay, I'm afraid. Yeah, interesting. We're going to leave it right there, Lindsay Dertlinger. Like I said, guys, we're going to go straight into it. Um, I think the question that I have and what everybody has is that could have this been unconscious bias, a mistake, or is it just plain racism? I mean, look, when you're calling it unconscious bias, we're just making an excuse for it, right? We all saw the videos, especially the ones that people have put together of all the different people that she was interviewed yeah. right there at Parliament. We had the guy from FF Plus, we had um, Dean Hazen from DA, and we had the two guys, one from UDF, UDM, yeah, sorry, UDM. and the other guy, I just forgot what his name is. Yeah. Come on, man. Bro, uh, yeah, same. Yeah. I feel like it's too much. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, I feel like whether or not it's um, unconscious, whether it's plain, whatever, yeah. the result is the same. Mm. It's racism. Yeah. And whoever is on the receiving end of it is receiving it the same, whether it's, it's intentional or not. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like the problem is clear and it needs to be addressed. Definitely, definitely. I have to agree with Blaze there. And I mean, I did read a statement from ENCA last night, right? Yeah. They're talking about how she was taking instructions from her producer in her yeah. ear, you know, to tell them to put the mask on, whatnot. Yeah. So that same producer, whoever it is, right, that faceless producer, yeah. was, you know, telling her to actually tell the other white guests to put on their masks. Yeah. You know, if that is the case, I don't, I don't know, but okay. I don't buy it. Don't Speaking buy of ENCA, right? ENCA has come up with a statement saying that Lindsay is not racist. They don't believe that she's racist because she has been in the business for 21 years and she's never practiced COVID-19 discrimination until 2019, which I think is the same logic that Trump was using when he said the Obama administration didn't even have a test for the coronavirus. Okay. Now look, we're last, meaning we're first. Last? I don't know we what we're first in. There's nothing. We weren't even... We didn't even have a test. When I took over, we didn't even have a test. Now, in all why, fairness, why would you there have a was test? No test. The virus for didn't this. exist. I mean, why would they, guys? <laughs> I haven't even gotten three speeding tickets in the last year, and I'm not the best driver. But if you caught three times since we had COVID started, like when last year March, yeah, it hasn't even been a year, and you've been caught doing that three times. It can't be a mistake. And I mean, that's only three times that we've seen. We've seen yeah. it. They don't, um, we don't see all the interviews they contrast on TV. So and the challenge to ENC was that if this is really like just people seeking out to catch you out, then show us the videos when this is not happening. Mm. And none of those videos have come out. So for me, it's just like, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't believe it. Um, I think there is no way. It's three times, bro. You know, the more I think about it, it's hard to think about it as unconscious. Yes. It's um, just, it's too blatant, bro. And like the moment um, the the white guest, or the white speaker moves, yeah, yeah. and the black one enters, then suddenly she's conscious of reminding yeah. them of marks. It's, yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I think I can believe maybe she's not racist. I think it's more unconscious bias, but I don't think it makes it better because. Um, so if in her head, right, um, subconsciously, when she's talking to like a white person, she doesn't even, COVID doesn't even come to her mind. She doesn't think I can get sick. When the black guy comes, he's like, oh, fuck, <laughs> COVID exists. You know, that's, that for me, that's like no better than um, Trump calling it the China virus. Because that's like... When you put it like that, right, you're making excuses for them. That's what I look at what it as. Yeah, I'll, I'll make but I don't think unconscious it's better. Bias. I think that conscious bias is even worse. Because if, if somebody is racist, they can hide it, right? Yes. If, if they can like move around and be like, oh, I noticed that. But if somebody just inherently thinks, if they see, like, it's just like when like white people see a black person walk past and they lock their doors. I don't think they think about that's a black person. It's just in their head. Which means like if you're working in journalism for 21 years and you still your mind still works like that subconsciously that's scary that's my point there is no excuse for someone who works in, journal in journalism yeah. for 21 years mm. interacting with black politicians black people on a regular whether you out in the field whether wherever you are she's also a, what's what do you call it um, a writer yeah, also yeah. so i mean she's covered a lot of stories yeah. around yeah. black people after 21 years and you still have those inherent things yeah, entrenched right. into you now. Man. I mean, I yeah. think to your point, it's yeah. definitely possible for it to be yeah. unconscious because yeah. you've just been going along in With your yeah. career, not realizing, reassessing. Mm. But it, it just means that these institutions need to do some kind of work yeah, internally. And I just wonder like, what type of unconscious vice you were practicing yeah. before COVID. Because like, now COVID just brought down on the forefront. And speaking of COVID, and I know if these ones are unconscious or not, if you're watching, if you're following American news, you might have learned of the term Karen. And if you don't know what a Karen is, watch, watch these videos. So I've heard of a few Karens from the courtside Karen that had the altercation with LeBron James to a few other Karens. She's being called courtside Karen after getting into a heated courtside exchange with LeBron James. Listen, let me tell you, LeBron James looked at my husband during the game and cussed him out and I stood up and I go, don't talk to my husband. Talk to my husband one more time and I will you up. LeBron added the following quote, I thought I was talking to a father and daughter until she started calling him husband. I was stunned. There's an epidemic in this country that's spiraling out of control. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. I'm taking pictures calling the cops. Women across the country lashing out, flying off the handle, set off by problems great and small. Mostly small. And you're not wearing a mask. Can you step away? Can you show me your papers? That man harassed me for not wearing a mask. I have a breathing problem. I have a right to my pizza. Now, watching all these videos, I've always wondered what a South African Karen would look like. And we finally found out. And she took it straight to third base. Yeah. 
Trying to get shit faced. Okay, are you ready for that one? <laughs> but let's move on to billionaire your open boy Jay Z. If you're on social media, you might have seen some of your favorite celebrities, including myself, hint hint, nudge nudge, post about the Jay Z LVMH deal. Now, Jay Z sold 50% of his popular champagne brand, Armand de Brignac popularly known as Ace of Spades, to the LVMH group. Now, LVMH stands for Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy, which is just some of the brands they own. In this morning, Moet Hennessy announcing that it's going to be acquiring a 50% stake in luxury champagne brand Armand de Brignac. It's also known as Ace of Spades. The brand was popularized and created by Grammy-winning artist and businessman Jay-Z, who owns it and will retain a 50% ownership stake alongside Moet. Philippe, I'll, I'll ask you the same question. Why this brand? Why did you come to Jay-Z? Well, this brand uh, is in the field of prestige champagnes, which is a very attractive category, in which we have already several brands like Dompeignon or Krug. But of course, what Armand de Brignac did, or what Jay-Z did with this brand, is really creating a new market of its own at the very high level, high uh, prestige level of the category, uh, touching new consumers, bringing new consumers to the world of champagne uh, with a very disruptive way of marketing, of bringing the product uh, across. And, and that brand became a huge success. And we have been observing it uh, for the last few years. So now, Ace of Spades has officially joined the family of brands such as Moet, Verve, Christian Dior, to name a few. The creation of LVMH in 1987 was comprised of a merger of three luxury brands. Number one is Louis Vuitton. Number two is Moe and Chandon. This company also owns Dom Perignon. And number three is Hennessy. Once LVMH had been solidified, it went on to acquire dozens of the world's most influential brands over the coming decades. So, if you don't know the story behind how Ace of Spades started, in 2006, Jay-Z, well before 2006, Jay-Z and other popular hip-hop artists were huge supporters of the brand Crystal. Crystal was the most popular champagne of the time until I think the CEO, part of the ownership, was asked if was asked how he feels about hip-hop artists drinking their brand. And his answer was, well, we can't stop them. <laughs> yeah. And I think he said something like, um, the other brands can have their business. About a decade ago, The Economist interviewed the director of the company that makes Cristal Champagnes, one of the most expensive champagnes in the world, favored by Russian czars over history. He was asked, what did he think about all these rappers drinking Cristal Champagne? And he basically said, well, we can't forbid people from buying it. Not exactly a ringing endorsement of a new customer base. He thought that rappers didn't read The Economist, but he was wrong. Jay-Z heard about his comments, he removed it from his 40-40 club, and more importantly, he started issuing this sort of directive to his fans not to drink it either. And instead of rapping about Cristal, he put his money where his mouth was. He ended up investing in and eventually taking over a French champagne brand called Armand de Brignac, AKA Ace of Spades. 
so what Jay-Z did is that he went and bought part of Ace of Spades and later the whole company. So now with LVMH buying 50% of Ace of Spades, Ace of Spades joins those popular brands that I mentioned such as Moet, Verve, as one of the top brands in the world. In Champagne, it's part of the family. But the question that I have is that before this deal happened, right, Ace of Spades in the clubs, especially like in popular culture, was the only champagne that wasn't owned by the LVMH group yes. that you'd see on these bottles, yes. on these tables, right? So does Jay-Z selling 50% of that company help the black community or does it further set it back by making the white man, which in this case is Bernard Arnault, mm -hmm. which is the fourth richest man in the world and the richest man in Europe, in Europe yeah. even richer. How do you guys feel? Did Jay-Z sell out or was this a good business deal? First and foremost, guys, Jigga's a businessman. Mm -hmm. He's a businessman, right? He makes business sense in terms of the distribution channels mm -hmm. that the group, the Hennessy Moet group, actually has. Now, we have access to Ace of Spades. I mean, those I can afford it, right? <laughs> you know <laughs> how much it is? <laughs> 6,000 rand in a bottle it's store. In a bottle store, exactly. It's but I mean, how many bottle crazy. stores can you find it in? Yeah. Now they'll be able to tap into that network, the distribution channels that the group already has. Yeah. Now that might mean for Jay-Z that he might reach places he could not have reached before if he was doing it alone. Yeah. So even if you're looking from a sellout point of view, I think it was more of a business decision exactly. than selling out. Yeah. I don't know what you think. I think for me, before you come, I think the, the thing with Jay-Z is that I hold him to higher regard and higher standards because his brand is built around helping Black people. Yeah. I mean, now he's busy with the whole McMill thing, yeah. which people think is out of like his good heart, yeah. but it's also brought a lot of popularity to him. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to start with the NFL deal where he was the first person to be like, let's support Colin Kaepernick. And then when the NFL tried to book him to perform at the halftime show, he's like, nah, let me take over the whole halftime yeah, show. And he's making a big bag from that. But I mean, okay, look at it this way, right? This past oh. Super Bowl, the national anthem was black person, halftime entertainment was a black person, the entertainment after it was a black yeah. person. Black Twitter was the first to come out and say, yo, black excellence, black For excellence, real? yeah. You know, but there were the same people who were quick to say after the whole Kaepernick thing, they were angry sold Jason. out. Yeah, yeah. So now if you look at it that way, we're sitting in a situation where fast forward a couple of years later, we've got the same black people who were saying he sold, sold out, out. Mm. now, now celebrating. celebrating the people that he actually gave a platform to. You know, yeah. under normal I mean, circumstances, those guys would not think, have been there. I think this thing is tricky because when yeah. you look at these artists, we obviously always want to, because they are like our ideal selves, yeah, yeah, yeah. we want to hold them to certain standards mm. and we want them to move in ways that reflect how we would move, yeah. right? Especially when they make stands first, like you said, Jay-Z yeah. made a stand against certain moves yeah. and then we follow suit. So I think that what we often forget when we see those kind of things is what you said, is that First and foremost, they are out for themselves. Yeah. Not in a selfish way, but yeah. in the sense that just like any other person, Jay is a businessman. Yeah. The weekend is a musician. Yeah. So um, when Jay sees a business opportunity that makes sense for him and you know his legacy, his kids, whatever, it makes sense for him. But I think also it gives him more power, for sure. more profit, not profit, but more capital yeah. Rather, yeah. to reinvest exactly. in black projects exactly. or black communities. But at the same time, um, oh, the, I wanted to say, make the same point about the weekend is that yeah. um, you know he might 
I don't know how the weekend feels about the Super Bowl, but at the end of the day, it yeah. was a bag for him and an yeah. opportunity yeah. to exactly. perform on the biggest stage. No, my point is, right, if Jigga didn't do the deal with the NFL, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. Not, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be sitting in a situation right now where the entertainment at the Super Bowl is, is all black. Yeah. Wait, remind yeah. me, what was the deal again? He does the he entertainment does the for show. well, the whole entertainment. Well, like from he's he's running the entertainment Nation. for yeah, yeah. Rock Rock Nation runs books and entertainment. <laughs> it's a huge so It's a huge deal. The, I mean, the Super Bowl. Yeah. The Super Bowl is the biggest. Um, market advertising pulling yeah. show in the in the world and like the way jay-z has made it so black yeah? like this year he even had chiefs versus amabagabag for the super bowl <laughs> <laughs> he even made it a soweto derby like this year so you know like like he said he said he said that it doesn't matter you can take the backlash for a bit yeah. but it, at the end of the day it's going to push the black community exactly. forward yeah yeah uh, yeah and you know martina said it, said it best i just go read it on instagram his mother-in-law i mean she said it best he took the backlash like you said yeah for progress yeah you know for black entertainers yeah to get into those spaces where you know they've been lady gaga doing that halftime mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. with the viewers that they have but now you've got the weekend doing that show See, i i you've didn't know that forgot that was the deal yeah. So oh, that actually yeah. does make sense in exactly. hindsight. Exactly. Yeah, because now he's got control of... Exactly. Yes. The same people who could call him out saying he's a sellout, are the nah. same people now quick to celebrate those people that are performing, but no one is reflecting. Yeah. I yeah. think yeah. also the reality is that Jay is one of a few people in the world who can get into certain yeah. rooms exactly. and certain positions yeah. that um, we can't. And he can make those moves for exactly. the, uh, more black people to... You know, to progress, exactly. to get in those rooms as well. Yeah. So, yeah, in the long run, it should be good. We'll see. No, I agree with you guys. You guys have, um, you guys have made very good points. But yeah, it's just like his opportunities are always where like black people are taken advantage of. Wait, but, but with this, how? With what? With with, uh, with the Super Bowl champagne deal. deal. Oh, with the champagne deal. Yeah. Or you mean with other things? Yeah, well, I feel like the champagne deal is also a bit like that. It's not like being taken advantage of, but you know. It, people have said that champagne, flashy lifestyle, that's a black man's weakness. Okay. You know, and now you're taking that black man's weakness to <laughs> throw it back. Friday today. Another pop chinos bottle. Bro, that's facts. That's So now when you pop yeah. it, it's like 50% is great. It's my man. I'm only going to drink the top half of Eiffel's face. Spill out, spill out the rest. Drink the Drink the Jay-Z part. What if you're spilling the Jay-Z part? No. <laughs> but in any case, guys, that has been our show for today. As always, let us know what you think of the topics. Weigh in on the topics in the comments below. I'd like to know if you guys agree with them that you know that was just a good business move, or you guys agree with me that uh, well, <clears throat> I think Jay Z sold out a little bit there. You know, I think Jay Z sold out a little bit there. But yeah, let us know what you guys think. And as always, guys, we are shooting at Seam Coffee today. You guys. Just need to check the spot out, man. This place is just too amazing. But until next week, guys, don't forget to drop a like, leave a comment, subscribe to the channel, tell a friend, or whoever you run into, subscribe to the channel, and stay tuned. Cheers. <laughs>